0: Truth in History with Charles A. Jennings. Welcome to Truth in History. As we approach the scripture today and we turn to Matthew chapter number three, we see something that says that Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. John the Baptist as recorded in Matthew 3 verse 1 and 2 in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand so he preached a gospel concerning a kingdom and we find where Jesus preached a gospel of the kingdom what is the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is the good news concerning the restoration of the kingdom of Israel as God had established it in the Old Testament. Starting with Abraham, He made a covenant with Abraham. He renewed that covenant with Isaac. He renewed that covenant again with Jacob. And then also he said, I will fulfill this covenant in Israel. And that was a family. And the prophet Amos said, he declared concerning Israel, God speaking. He's speaking on God's behalf. Said, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Jesus knew this when he came preaching and Galilee, Judea, and Samaria. He knew this. And John knew this. So they were preaching a gospel concerning the healing, the regeneration, the redemption of this house of Israel that had gone so far astray from God. They had disobeyed the covenant that Moses gave them the marriage covenant, the, the covenant of law, they disobeyed it, and they were put, put away in punishment. And anyone that knows any elementary knowledge of the Old Testament knows that the house of Israel, all 13 tribes, after King David and after King Solomon, the house was divided. So we have two houses in the Old Testament Israel went to the north, and Judah was a nation in the south. And basically, Judah had the tribes of Judah and Benjamin and part of Levi. And the tribe or the kingdom of Israel in the north had the rest they had ten tribes, and then they had part of Levi, and yes, they were later joined by Judah and Benjamin. But Israel, the northern kingdom, was known as Ephraim, Joseph, or Israel. And the Lord divorced Israel, put her away in punishment, because basically of two sins, adultery and idolatry, running after another husband, other nations, and other gods, idolatry. But the house of Judah was never divorced. It was never put away or brought to judgment until the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. So Judah, the house of Judah, was still, quote, married to Jehovah, married to the Lord. So keep that background in mind as we turn to Matthew chapter 10, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 9. We see a story here in Matthew chapter 9 that is actually repeated in Mark chapter 5. So we can read either account of these uh, two women that's found in this story. Now this is in the ministry of Jesus. In the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Let's read the account in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 21, we read this. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter, lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And then a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague." While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? As soon as it was said, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he came to the house. The people were wailing. That's verse 38. And when he was come in, he said, why make ye all this ado? The damsel is not dead, but sleeps. And when he had put them out, all the doubters, he took the damsel, And the father, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him. And he went in unto the damsel, the young lady. And he took her by the hand and said, Tali, Thakume, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway she arose and walked. She was of the age of twelve years the Lord restored her back to health, back to life. Now, what is the meaning of this story? Jesus is ministering in Galilee. And when he is ministering, one of the rulers of the synagogue came to him. My daughter is dying. She's at the point of death. So he just, he doesn't hurry to go to that house he lingers. But in the meantime, this woman came up to him who had an issue of blood. She was a menstruous woman that no doubt her blood flow would not stop. And she in faith reached out and touched the hem of the garment that Jesus was wearing. And Jesus knew that virtue or healing power had gone out of Him into that woman. And He knew that somebody had touched Him. So the woman was fearful, but He told, He told her, Daughter, be not afraid. Your faith hath made thee whole. Be whole of your disease, of your plague and while that was going on someone from the uh Jairus's house a ruler of the Jews ruler of the synagogue came and said your daughter is dead jesus proceeds to go to the house even though he had heard the news that the daughter was dead and he proceeded to go and this young lady This damsel was 12 years old. And he went in and he took the mother, the father, and Peter, James, and John, went into the room and he raised her from the dead. Now, I believe that this literally took place. Jesus healed the menstruous woman and He raised this young woman from the dead. He raised her. She was dead, folks. He raised her from the dead. There was no life there. Now, is there any relation between this story and the gospel of the kingdom? Number one, there's two women, two women. In the Old Testament, Israel And Judah were known by the feminine gender, two women. As you read the Old Testament, first of all, Jehovah God, and some people don't like that name, but I'm using that name right now in this instance, he married a woman. And later on, when the two houses split, they were called two harlots or two women, etc. So they were known, Israel and Judah were known by the feminine gender, two women. Here in this case, we have two women. Now, one woman had an issue of blood. This woman represented the house of Judah. Now when we go back to Isaiah chapter number 30, Isaiah chapter 30, and verse number 19, verse number 19 through 22, the prophet Isaiah is speaking to Judah, because he was a prophet to the house of Judah. And he said, ye shall in verse 22, Isaiah 30:22, ye shall defile defile also the covenant of thy graven images of silver and the ornament of thy molten images of gold thou shalt cast them away as a menstruous cloth a menstruous cloth that's the problem that the woman had in the story that we read concerning the ministry of Jesus. Now in Isaiah 64 and verse 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags, as a menstruous cloth. The woman with the issue of blood represented the tribe or the family of. Judah, because she had an issue of blood. And that's what the prophet Isaiah said, and he compared Judah as a menstruous woman. Also in the book of Lamentations, chapter 1 and verse 17. Zion spreadeth forth her hands, and there is none to comfort her. The Lord hath commanded concerning Jacob that his adversaries should be round about him. Jerusalem is as a menstruous woman among them. A menstruous woman. You see the connection of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus knew the significance of this woman with the issue of blood being a menstruous woman but Jesus healed her he healed her in other words he came Jesus came not only to heal the house of Israel he came to heal the house of Judah not the nation of Judah because he destroyed that in 70 AD but the people of Judah, the tribe, the family of Judah. Now what about this young damsel? We see where she was dead. The damsel represented the northern house of Israel, who was put away, and they were dead in the sight of the Lord. And in, Isaiah, in the book of Genesis, I'll get it right. In the book of Genesis, remember the story of Joseph, how he was sold by his brethren. And Joseph was sent to Egypt. And the, the brothers gave the word to their father, Jacob. And as they went down for corn, and they came back, and Joseph said, you know, bring your youngest brother back with you, that they brought the message back to Jacob, and Jacob said no. And in Genesis 42 and verse 38, he said, my son shall not go down, talking about Benjamin, shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If mischief befall him by this way in the which ye go, then shall ye bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. In other words, Joseph was considered dead, and he represented, Joseph, Ephraim represented the northern house. The damsel in the story in Matthew 9 and Mark, Chapter 5 represented that damsel, represented the northern house of Israel because she was dead. We go to the book of Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel 37, and we see this. When the prophet is prophesying, he prophesied to a valley of dry bones, dead bones. They were completely dead. And the Lord said, I want you to prophesy to the whole house of Israel. I want your words, and I want your breath to bring them back to life. They're dead. Ezekiel, 37, verse 9. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet as an exceeding great army. Verse 11, And he said unto me, Son of man, these bones of the whole house of Israel, not just Judah, but the whole house. Behold, they say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, we are cut off for our parts. There's no help. There's no hope. They're dead. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and cause you to come out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am he, that I am he. I am the Lord, when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And I will put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and shall place you in your own land. Then ye shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. You see, the southern house of Judah was represented by this menstruous woman. Jesus knew this. It was no surprise. Preachers don't know it. But this menstruous woman. This one that, you know, was alive, but sick. That was the southern house of Judah. And the northern house, represented by this damsel of 12 years, representing all 12 tribes, she was dead. And Jesus raised her back to life. And that was the northern kingdom, these dead, dry bones that were in the Mediterranean world. I'm talking about people, spiritually dead, physically alive, but spiritually dead. Uh, uh, Strangers from the Commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of God. They were spiritually dead. They were scattered throughout Assyria over the Caucasus mountains in northwestern Europe in the British Isles, but dead. But one Savior came along and healed both. He healed the woman with the issue of blood and he also healed and brought back to life this damsel of 12 years old. What a beautiful story. You see, Jesus knew. He knew beyond any shadow of a doubt the meaning of this story. He's in Mark chapter 5, verse 41. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talithakumai, I'll probably mispronounce that, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. It's similar to the language of Ezekiel 37, breathe upon these dead bones and they shall live and I will bring them out of their graves. It was the Anglo-Saxon, Germanic, Scandinavian people that were scattered throughout Northwestern Europe, descendants, literal descendants of ancient Israel that were spiritually dead until Jesus came until our Redeemer came, our Savior came, and He healed through His precious blood, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He healed the menstruous woman Judah, and He brought back to life the dead house of Israel and brought them back together. You see, He's the shepherd the one shepherd over two houses. And also, when you read Matthew chapter 10, the story following that story that we just reviewed, it was two blind men. Why two blind men? Why two? Representing the house of Judah and the house of Israel. He came to bring sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. This is the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel of the kingdom. John the Baptist knew it. The gospel of the kingdom involves salvation. It involves, uh, physical healing. It involves restoration, but it also involves the national message of Scripture in bringing back, in bringing back Israel unto Himself. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus makes this statement, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, there's a lot to this verse, the end meaning 70 A.D., and this gospel of the kingdom, of the restoration of the house, the whole house of Israel, is going to be preached before 70 A.D. Paul the apostle and other apostles. And Paul went, where did he go? He preached three missionary journeys throughout the Mediterranean world. And he went to Spain, and yes, he went to ancient Britain and crossed that English Channel, no doubt on a Roman ship, landed at County Kent in the southeast county of England and went up the River Thames all the way to London and preached at Ludgate Hill, and that's why St. Paul's Cathedral is there today, because the gospel of the kingdom was going to be preached in all the world. In other words, he brought the gospel to the northern house. Thank God, thank God. Why can't preachers see this? Do they ever discuss the historical aspect of the gospel coming west? Never. They never dis you know, they they never discuss this, but yet it's an integral part of spiritual history and human history. The healing of the two houses. And you might say, well, the Jews are going to be healed one of these days. You know, that's the house of Judah. No, no, no. They are not the the modern-day Jew is not the house of Judah. They don't even come close. They don't even come close and they will never be healed. Jesus said that the fig tree will put forth leaves, but no fruit. So it's over there in the Middle East. It put forth leaves, but what's, where's the fruit of righteousness? Well, we have this magazine in this ministry called Truth in History. We are more than willing to send you a copy of this magazine free of charge. We have sent out literally tens of thousands of these magazines over the years. And I want to continue to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom, that Jesus Christ came to save the house of Israel, not only to save us individuals, of which He does, He can save an individual. He can heal your broken body, your diseased body. But He also came to fulfill the covenants made to the fathers, the promises made to the Hebrew Israelite patriarchs. So, is there hope? Yes, there is hope. It looks dim in our nation. Sin is rampant. We've got, we've got, you know an animal farm among us in washington dc and state governments yes the the uh the animal farm is 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 in bad shape we're in debt we cater to the enemy we we uh legalize all types of sin i say we that is The government legalizes all types of egregious sins, but there is hope because Jesus Christ is coming back. And He's coming back. We don't know when, but when He does, Paul the Apostle said, He's coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance upon them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. But He shall be comforted. He shall be approved he shall be lifted up in his saints. Hallelujah. He's going to come to destroy the wicked, those that destroy the earth. Be ready, live for Christ, because he is our prophet, our priest, and our soon coming King. God bless.